Abraham Lincoln and Franklin Delano Roosevelt both appealed to our nation in times of great crisis and asked the nation to humbly bow before Almighty God and appeal to him for mercy, for guidance, for direction. I believe our nation is closer to coming apart than coming together, but not beyond the point of no return, not beyond the point of reconciliation. I want to share with you two weeks, a series entitled, A United State. And today we're going to talk about the phrase, we the people. We need salt and light in this land right now. The question is, can the church in the United States lead the way? We can if we model a United State. There is a promise from God's word in Psalm 133 that says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. It's like the anointing oil that flowed down the beard of Aaron the high priest. And it's where the Lord commands the blessing. We need the blessing of the Lord and not the curse. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ must rise up, but rise up in a very specific way. Rise up in the way of unity, wisdom, humility, and a boldness that has love and truth in it. The church, a united state within the church, could make a difference must make a difference in our world, in our nation right now. The preamble to the Constitution of the United States reflects in its entirety principles revealed from the Word of God. But, as John Adams once said, this Constitution can only be kept by a godly people. We, the people of God, could show the people of this nation a model, an incarnational model of the following words of our preamble to the Constitution of the United States that says, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. That's the introduction to the Constitution of our great country intended to explain the mental map that would be laid out in the words that followed our Constitution. Now, I'm not here this morning to give a lesson on that or make the preamble or the Constitution our focal point this week or next, but rather to highlight from some of the greatest words penned and spoken a call, not to the nation, but to the church. 
to talk to the church about Jesus' words describing his people being a preserving influence, salt, and a guiding influence, light, at this so desperately needing time. I'm not going to marry the church to America nor divorce the church from her responsibility and purpose in America. Either of those mistakes would be catastrophic and even add more misunderstanding and confusion, and we don't need any more of that right now. I want to talk about how the church can preserve. I want to talk about how the church can give light in this time, for the church of Jesus Christ is needed right now. If we, the people of God, live in a united state, and I'm going to explain that over the next two weeks, God will use us to do something that will preserve things that must be preserved, shake things that must be shaken, and give guidance in this present state of darkness in our nation and the world. Can God's people be used at this time to show our nation what we, the people, truly looks like? Imagine the church in this nation from sea to sea living in a united state. A united state. We, the people of God. Have you ever thought about this? Does the Bible have an argument against any of those goals listed in the preamble? Think about it. Are they anti-biblical? No. Are they anti-Christ? Absolutely not. Check out these words. Form a more perfect union. It reminds me of Ephesians that says, keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Establish justice. It's what Micah the prophet said. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Ensure domestic tranquility generationally. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Seek peace and pursue it. As far as it concerns you, be at peace with all men. Provide for the common defense. Now we know that they're talking here about a contribution for military protection and the rule of law in our land. The Bible says the shields of the earth belong to the Lord, the psalmist said. Abraham Lincoln said, with malice toward none, after a time of the great civil war, the tragic civil war, also realizing there was still evil in the world and we have to set watchmen on the walls to preserve our liberties while holding out a hand of friendship at the same time. Promote the general welfare. The Bible says about your brother's keeper, being your brother's keeper, loving your neighbor as yourself, seeking good for your neighbor, lifting up the lowly, providing for the poor, and welcoming the foreigner. Secure blessings of liberty generationally. Healthy foundations that birth more freedom, give more freedom. And we need to do that, 
Generation after generation after generation. See, these principles in the preamble can be found in the inspired Holy Scriptures in spirit, both contained in the Hebrew Scriptures and in the New Testament. So the Spirit of God working in us because we have the Spirit of God in us as a church and through us could model, literally model the true spirit of those beautiful principles of liberty that aren't owned by the Republicans or the Democrats. They are biblical principles. And we could reflect them regardless of our political preferences or party, regardless of color or financial status or educational experience, or whether we live in the North, the South, the East, or the West. So here's the question we must come to, church. Church, who is our we? It must be God's we. When these biblical principles were written and committed to by the many, some of God's we were not included, tragically, unjustly. The indigenous peoples, the Native Americans who were here before us, were not part of the we, but they were part of God's we. The African Americans were not part of the we, but they were part of God's we. We, the people, church, who is our we? Two questions to get personal. Do we place real value on God's we? Is my definition of we expanding to match God's? Our creator has defined the we. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God, our creator, defined the we, and our savior died for the we. God's we. Jesus died for every person made in the image of God, that he might reconcile all of us in his body to God through the cross, and he put to death all of the enmity. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those near so that through Jesus Christ, we all could come to the Father and none of us would any longer be called strangers, aliens, or foreigners. See, in Christ, we are in a united state positionally of inclusion with diversity placing value on every single person. So how do we do this as a church in a divided United States? We have to pray for it. We have to pray for it. We have to pray, pray, fervently pray 
As the old timers say, grab hold of the horns of the altar and get hold of God and pray prayers that move God and move men. What do we need to do? We need to pray and, just as important, act on our prayers. Prayer and acting on our prayers. In other words, putting our prayers in our shoes. Prayer number one that the church needs to pray. Jesus, redefine our we. See, the Jewish leaders were offended by Jesus' ministry because he was including more people into the we that their we didn't want. He was including the outcast into the cast and was redefining the we to align it with God's. Luke's gospel shows this on every page. See, Luke was a Greek doctor who wasn't a Jew. He wasn't part of the, the, the happening in Jerusalem. And he was blown away when he heard the story about Jesus in Jerusalem and in Israel, redefining the we. We need to pray for that. In Jesus' gospel, the kingdom revealed and expanded racial inclusion. The Samaritans were a part of the we. And expanded economic inclusion. The poor first, not last. And expanded gender inclusion. Women, I'll get to that in a minute, and expanded age inclusion, children. Luke's work in the book of Acts shows the Holy Spirit blowing up the cocoon that held God's people too narrowly defined and birthed a metamorphosis. Judaism had been the cocoon from which Christ's followers had their roots but the resurrection of Jesus and the outpouring of the Spirit expanded the family definition so radically it became more non-Jewish than Jewish. Would we be comfortable in this church if the majority of its constituents were not like us? Jesus, redefine our we. Jesus' ministry proved that everyone longs to feel the value of being included. Jesus' ministry proved that everyone longs to know the acceptance of their diversity. Imagine the church of Jesus Christ in America, in Western Maryland, in Cumberland, Maryland, modeling the values of Jesus and valuing first those that Jesus went for first. Removing all doubt that we value other races. Removing all doubt the poor will not be forgotten and will be spoken for. Removing all doubt we are gender balanced in our leadership. Men never gave women a thought regarding an important role in the God's we until Jesus came and swung wide the gate into the kingdom life for women. Did you know that? Luke points that out. 
That was a very radical thing when Jesus did that. Removing all doubt by the way we value the outcast and removing all doubt we value those of different color. Our values are reflected where? Well, in our words, but more importantly in our deeds. Because if it's just words, it's just words. My favorite Bob Dylan uh, quote is hearing about when he started playing in the cafes in New York City in the early 60s, that at the end of his performance every night, the owner of the club would always say to him how much he loved his music and loved his show. But then when he got paid, Bob said, yeah, he loved it, a dollar a night. If we love the LOH church, our money will prove it. If we love the poor, the poor will have no doubt about it. If we truly value people of color, it will be very easily seen. Then people of color will be seen in our circle of friends and in our circle of church. Jesus, redefine our way. Pray that. And then put prayer in our shoes and do that. The Gospel of Luke makes it clear that when Jesus went to seek and save the lost, it was radically noted who he went looking for first. It reflected a shocking, scandalous diversity from the norm. Made up of half-breed Samaritans. I'm not calling them this. That's how they were seen by the Jews. Half-breeds. Jesus' collection, first priority, was for sick people, poor people with no economic leverage. The lowlifes, women, Roman occupiers, along with same gender people who were Torah temple types. Last, not first. Jesus' ministry removed all doubt that everyone longs to feel the value of inclusion and everyone longs to know the acceptance of their diversity. Right now in heaven, right now in heaven, it is like that. And when the kingdom consummates, when the king comes, Revelation 21 says, the nations will walk by the light of the lamb of God's glory and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into the city. Verse 26, the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Maybe there will be flags there. Maybe the red, white, and blue will be there, but it will not be at the front door. All the nations and the glory. In other words, the glory of the cultures around planet Earth will be brought into the city of God and not left at the door. Chinese glory will be in there. India glory will be in there. Far Eastern glory will be in there. African glory will be in there. Russian glory will be in there. I don't know how they do that. Nordic glory will be in there, etc., etc., etc. God is so cool, is he not? Did he just make one kind of animal? Huh? 
I think as he just went on with it and went into the deep blue sea, he just thought, let's just blow their minds. Jesus, redefine our we. Burst our wineskins. Help us to seek new neighbors. Our nation is in trouble. We are on the brink of even greater division and perhaps worse than that. We the people, God's nation, the church, within this nation, the United States, must pray and live differently regardless of what comes next. We aren't responsible for the Republicans. We aren't responsible for the Democrats. We aren't responsible for the independents. We're not responsible for the socialists. We are responsible as the church of Jesus Christ to expand our we. How? Pray. Jesus, redefine our we. And the second prayer, Jesus, keep my we from being too me heavy. It doesn't say me the people. <laughs> me the people. That's why they left Britain. The equal rights of the individual are guaranteed for the individual, but not just for an individual. It's we, the people, with no me heavy. Jesus didn't come into the earth commanding or demanding anything from anyone for himself. And he calls us to be just like that. In Philippians 2, 3 through 5, Paul says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, the thing is, I've never faced abuse or injustice as an American citizen. I've never been ostracized. I've never been mistreated harshly or prejudged to the point of loss of income or selection for employment because of how I look. And that requires me to have open ears and an open heart because I am not able without experience to naturally know what it's like to experience all those things. And I could fall into a trap of hearing the cry of the oppressed and the call for justice as being too me heavy in my me world. A heavy hurt is being expressed in the United States of America and a burden, and a loud cry that comes from a deep wound that's needed major, I give. A lot about that. I care a lot. Unless I'm too me heavy to feel it and take that cry 
I said that cry. I said that cry. And the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage. And they cried out and their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. And so God heard their groaning and he remembered them. And he saw them. And they came and appeared to Moses and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and I've given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters for I am aware of their suffering so I have come down to set them free. We the church need to come down. Not because we are above but because people who should be lifted to where the grace of God has lifted others should be able to experience the land of milk and honey freely. We, the people, cannot be me heavy. We, the church, should be the first to be assuring that every citizen in this nation, in his church, should experience the same liberties and blessings that everyone else in the church has. There is a legitimate cry right now by many in the African American community in this nation and I believe we should be listening with the heart and speaking and moving. Paul is so cool. He says abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example of Jesus. Pray. If the church doesn't move very prayerfully now. And move very honestly and earnestly now. We are at a turning point we may never come back from. And revival that we talk about and sing about. If it does not include this, will be man-made. It won't be heaven sent. Jesus, redefine my we. Jesus, make sure my we is not too me heavy. At the same time, at the same time in our country, in Western civilization, there is a spirit of lawlessness that is gaining ground in the world, and it's colorless, and it's antichrist. It's deceitful, delusional, and it can sweep people of any color, creed, and brand of Christendom. It can seduce a godless people and a godly people. It can seduce anybody who isn't fine-tuned in the love of God. If not, we're vulnerable to it because of hurt, misunderstanding, miscommunication, and injustice. And to avoid the spirit of lawlessness and the spirit of Antichrist from growing and taking a throne in our nation. Yeah, you heard what I said. It will require 
the Spirit of God and a complete loyalty to Jesus Christ in the heart of every black brother and sister, every Hispanic brother and sister, every white brother and sister, every brother and sister whose origins come from the Far East and the Middle East to have eyes of discernment to resist the lawless one who is now in spirit. The spirit of lawlessness is not the spirit of godly justice. One is a devil. One is from the king's hand. One way to contest it is to bring forth agape, aggressive love toward those who are crying out for real, godly justice and healing. And we come with empathy and acceptance in the name of Jesus Christ and value the diversity the same way Jesus did when he walked revealing the nature of the kingdom of God. The church must lead that way. In order to form a more perfect union to establish justice. A word regarding white and black relationships. Regarding the racial question in my we, I need to remove all doubt. When I say black lives matter, I care little or less whether people think I'm lining up with some sort of party in, or some ism in, I am just saying, I wanna remove from me to you, my friend, all doubt. Not in words only, but in an expansion of my neighborhood and yours. Andy Stanley quoted Dr. Daryl Bach and a theologian from Dallas Theological Seminary, and it's so brilliant, he says, Jesus doesn't want scribes. He wants servants. Blessed are those who not only hear the word of God, but do it. It's simple. Simple. The church, we just remove all doubt. We don't get offended that people wonder if we, we just, why would that offend us? Because we're full of love. We want to make sure we are like Jesus. We want to remove all doubt. And if you want to make sure of that, our circle of friends will reflect a circle of diversity, a circle of color, and not clones of a me-heavy tribe. Because Jesus' circle didn't. And he went looking for different. I'm going to talk a lot about Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King next Sunday morning, but just to get you ready for that, the last thing I want to say is Abraham Lincoln said, do I not destroy my enemies when I make them my friends? It's not meaning about destroying people. He's talking about destroying the division.
Jesus, redefine we. And help me to not make my we, me, heavy. George Washington prayed a prayer in St. Paul's Chapel in New York City, Pohick Church. There is this plaque that has it. These were his words. Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that thou wilt keep the United States in your holy protection. And thou wilt incline the hearts of the citizens, listen, to cultivate and entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another and for their fellow citizens of the United States and particularly for their brothers who have served and died in the fields. And finally, that thou wilt most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to justice, to love mercy, and to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion and without a humble imitation of whose example in these things we can never hope to be a happy nation. And now, Father, if it is thy holy will that we shall obtain a place and name among the nations of the earth, grant that we may be enabled to show our gratitude for your goodness by our endeavors to fear and obey thee. Bless us with thy wisdom in our counsels, success in our battle, and let our victories be tempered with humanity. Endow our enemies with enlightened minds that they become sensible of their injustice and willing to restore our liberty and peace. Grant the petition of thy servant for the sake of whom thou hast called your beloved son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. George Washington. a united state, aggressive agape love from the church in this moment, having touched the throne of God in prayer, is the only answer for the unsolvable problem in our nation right now. But that answer is held out from the throne of God with wide open hands from our Lord. And it's the church's opportunity to seize it in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you and ask for you in your mercy on this July 4th weekend, if there is any place in the world where praise of thanksgiving should be going up to heaven. It's the United States of America. If there is a people on the earth 
that should be overwhelmed and offer that gratitude to God for his abundant blessings undeserved. It should be ringing from the hearts of the people of these United States. For not from us, not from us, but to you belongs all the glory. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit, amen. God bless you.